0: Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and we've been talking about spiritual gift discovery. Um, I gave you a handout the other week, um, and we began to talk about the fact that spiritual gifts are critically important to the body of Christ. Uh, Many of y'all have went through our spiritual gift discovery class, uh, and there are others who are are maybe being introduced to some of this information for the very first time, but even y'all that have went through it, I want you to, as we go back through this the second time, I want you to focus in on yourself be, and even I'm going to ask you to uh, do the observations and I'll give those out a little bit later. Uh, observation assessment where you uh, allow someone who knows you uh, well enough, preferably a Christian, uh, but someone who knows you well enough to know your 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 demeanor, your habits and your traits because uh, whether you realize it or not, people who you are in relationship with, they are observing you. They may not ever say a word to you, uh, especially if they don't feel like they have that kind of relationship. Uh, So they may observe different traits, different strengths, different weaknesses, and they just make a mental note of it. But when you ask them to, to to actually observe you and, and fill out an observation assessment, most people will be honest because they will view that it as an opportunity to share with you what they see and what they observe, okay? So we'll, we'll, we'll have you do that again uh, because I think it's real important. Uh, we're going to see some things here as we talk because uh, sp- spiritual gifts, uh, I think, are underutilized in the church. And God gave us these spiritual gifts to build the body of Christ, okay? Now, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12 chapter, and we'll, we'll pick up our reading there. And we talked about the fact that each one of us came into this earth dependent, right? We were, de- we were dependent. That means we needed and we relied on others uh, for our life needs. And so that's what dependent means. You're born a baby. You're born dependent. Is that correct? You cannot do anything. That baby cannot do anything for him or herself she has to, he has to totally depend on mom and dad or whoever's raising him, right? So we come into the world totally dependent. We're trained and we're coached to, to grow up and be totally what? Independent, right? All right? But then when we come into a personal relationship with Jesus, then now Jesus calls all of us to be engaged in interdependent relationships. In other words, he, he, he wants us to be connected with other believers so we can draw strength from each other, correct? We are our brother's keepers. We do have a responsibility to connect and engage with other believers so that we can glean from them and they can glean from us. So that their spiritual gifting can be utilized to build us up and our spiritual gifting can be utilized to build them up. So everybody say interdependent. That means that we got to be connected. And again, guys... I've been saying this and I'm I'm keep preaching this because the culture has to change in the church. I'm speaking what I believe us to be. Uh, We're not quite there yet, but but hopefully we're starting to move in that direction to where we realize the value of interdependence. Amen. In other words, I, I don't just come here on Sunday and then leave and then vacate. My church life, and I don't see anybody, and I don't engage with anybody, I don't talk to anybody who I fellowship with on Sunday. I come, I observe, I have a good time, I wave my hand, I may shout a little bit, I may even dance a little bit, but then when I leave here, I'm not going to interface with anybody in this church because I don't want church people in my business. All right, I don't, and that that mentality cannot last because if we're going to be the church. That that advances kingdom principles. If we're going to be the church that that's doing it the way God wants us to do it, we have to become engaged and interdependent. Uh, the, the, we, we have to get to the point where we're dependent upon others to strengthen us, so we can draw on their strength, okay? And use their spiritual gifts. So, First Corinthians, twelve chapter. Let's go back to here. You guys know it real well. Chapter verse number one. Let's read it, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, spiritual giftings and how we got to make, make sure that we're on point with observing what we have and then uh, learning how to utilize it in the right way. First Corinthians 12, chapter, verse 1 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special ability the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Now, again, this, this is coming from Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. Y'all remember that we just studied uh, the whole book of 1 Corinthians in our series, Scandalous, right? Uh, and so Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He's writing uh, in particular in this part of the letter to address questions that they had of him regarding church life. The first part of the letter, again, remember, he wrote to address what? Problems that had been reported to him. All right. So with his apostolic authority, he had oversight over the church so he addressed, the question, he addressed the problems that were brought to him, and now he's answering the questions that they had of him. So he says, you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. Verse number three, let's read. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse number four, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all, right? Different kinds of what? Spiritual gifts, but the, the, the same source is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, right? Verse 5, read. Let's read. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Verse 6, come on. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Here's, I, I want you to catch this. God is working in all of us, Lou, He's working in us. We are co- listen. We are co-laborers together with Christ. That means that anything that I do uh, as a born again believer, anything that I do in ministry, I, I don't want to do that separate and apart from God working in me. I don't want to do anything ministry wise on my own and on my own strength, out of my own volition, without without the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right? So He says. The same God who does the work in all of us. He's working in us, okay? He's working in us to help perfect us. Verse, go to the next verse. Verse 7 says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can what? So we can help each other, all right? It's given so that we can help each other. Now, again, he goes in, he begins to list these spiritual gifts. So we're, we're going to, I want you to go back to Ephesians, the fourth chapter right quick, and then we're going to move into what we uh, want to talk about tonight, okay? Uh, Ephesians chapter number four, and I think it's around verse number 11. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter number four. Paul, again, is writing, and he's writing to the church at Ephesus is here. Ephesians four, verse number 11. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, are y'all there? Let's read together. It says what now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. These are what we commonly refer to as what we call ministry gifts. All right. This will continue. What will continue? The work of these ministry gifts building up the body of Christ. It's going to continue what? Until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's important, guys, because when you look at these spiritual gifts, there are some who teach that some of these gifts are no longer valid. They're they're, they're, they're not yeah, we're in an age now we don't need a certain gifts. Uh, there are, there are some don't believe there are any apostles. Some believe that, believe that prophetic ministry is no longer uh, valid because we have the canonization of scripture. But this text says, the Bible says this will, back up, go, go back to verse number 12 again. Look at look at what it says. Their responsibility, whose responsibility? Back up to verse 11 and find out whose responsibility is. Watch this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Who gave them to the church? God is, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So if he gave them to the church, hear me carefully, he gave them to the church, and why did he give them to the church? Verse 12, come on. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ. Now let me ask you a question. Does, do God people still need to be equipped? Do we do we still need to be built up? Do we still need to do the work? Okay, all right. So if he gave it for that purpose and we still need that, then why do we say he took some of them away from us? Look at the next verse. Verse 13 says what? Well, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. In other words, this is going to continue until I look just like Christ. Now, I got to ask you a question. How many of y'all here look just like Christ? I'm not talking about physically, but I mean in spiritual maturity. Anybody in the house? I don't think any of us have, have arrived yet, and guess what? We won't arrive until we see Jesus face to face. So if If this says that's going to continue, the work of those ministry gifts is going to continue until we all measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Why pray tell me what some believe or teach that those gifts, some of them went away. No longer a need for prophetic message, no longer a need for apostolic ministry. I I I would submit to you that this tells me that that won't stop until Jesus comes back. Because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I, I'm sure not uh, <laughs> measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ in my life. I'm trying to get there, but I ain't there. And guess what? I won't get there until I see him face to face. Look at the next verse. Watch this. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So we're going to start right there, okay? So again, these gifts were given to equip us. So we can build the body of Christ. That's what spiritual gifts are all about. They're there to help build each one of us. Now, uh, look at your outline again for tonight's lesson. I want to share a couple of things here, and then I'll talk a little bit about a couple of spiritual gifts, and then we'll we're going to hopefully call it a day. All right. I missed y'all last week, by the way. Uh, I I, I made a call about canceling Bible study, and then it stopped raining. (laughs) but you know what they said it was a tornado tornado watch so I said well you know what let's use wisdom we don't want people on the road and if it starts raining while y'all are here and tornado comes through I'm gonna feel real bad because Tiffany got blown over (laughs) (laughs) by the tornado but I really did miss y'all and and, and Sandra uh, and Maria was like you canceled Bible study people know I I mean when it comes to midweek service you know uh, unless it's something that's really drastic we're gonna be here to learn and grow now and so, but but I thank God that you're here tonight. Okay, all right. Thank God that you're here tonight. All right. So so watch this. Okay, let's go. Uh, look at your outline. Uh, we know that spiritual gifts were given to build, help build the body of Christ. So recognizing the spiritual gifts of others enables us to affirm their contributions to the ministry. Uh, this affirmation edifies them and it builds up the church. Now again, what what are we saying? I, I, I told you that really I think I gave this example the other week when we were here. I said uh, your spiritual gift will be affirmed by those who you're in relationship with. The ministry that you are a part of or uh, when you serve in various capacities. Of, to, to affirm something means that I'm acknowledging that that is there. Remember, I gave you an example. I said, uh, Miss Jean Parker makes some mean red beans and rice. Uh, and people call all the time about making red beans and rice. By virtue of the fact that people are calling her all the time to make red beans and rice affirms the fact that she know how to make red beans and rice. Y'all got me? That's just a a simple example. Uh, so so that's that's something natural, but in when it comes to spiritual giftings, affirmation will come from the body of Christ. all right in other words, uh when it comes to our gifting uh, as our gift is developed and as as it's God as we allow God to utilize it to help us, people will affirm us by by telling us that we are blessed, they are blessed by what you do. all right? Are y'all tracking with me today all right so again look look down with me. Uh, It says, this affirmation edifies them and builds up the church. The true and final test of your spiritual gifts comes through the affirmation of the body of Christ. But if no one in the church knows about spiritual gifts, how can anyone be affirmed and edified? That's why I want this church to know that it is critically important that each one of us Engage and begin to look introspectively and ask ourselves some very honest, hard questions. What is it that I feel like I'm called to? What is it that I that I do? And when I do it, it don't even feel like it's work. It, it's not a strength. It's something I enjoy. I have a passion toward. What is it in ministry that I, that, that I really? I, when I wake up in the morning, I, I, I feel like doing that. All right. That's usually gives you a window, an indication into the area of your gifting. But in order to really get that, I got to have some understanding about what gifts are out there. What do they look like? What are the traits? Uh, what are the what are the nuances of that gifting? So that I can I can have an understanding about really what area I need to focus in on and try to develop that particular gift. Are y'all tracking with me today? Okay. So uh, when we look at this. Uh, General cautions as it relates to it because again, some somebody may have the gift of mercy. And that person with the gift of mercy uh, is drawn to uh to doing certain type ministries that usually help those who are suffering. Okay? And and what'll happen is if, if you have the gift of mercy, uh there's some things that you gotta be cautious about because if you have the gift of mercy and and you working with people three or four people who don't necessarily have the gift of mercy, but they will operate in that area, but they don't have the gift, you'll get upset when they're not as passionate about that ministry as you are. You follow me? And so uh, it's, it's critically important that, that we realize that whatever spiritual gifting we have, we have to be cautious. Uh, the, the first thing is, is we have to be cautious of what we call gift projection. Everybody say gift projection. In other words, when a person projects he or her spiritual gift on others. That person is saying, "Do as I do." Everybody may not work in common ground. Everybody may not go to prison ministry. Everybody may not uh, uh, do what you have a passion and a drive to do. All right. Doesn't mean that that person is evil. Don't love the Lord. Don't love people. It's just that that's not necessarily their gifting, and that's not the, the that, that's not their their passion or the area they like to serve in. So so don't project your gift on everybody else. Okay? Y'all follow me? In other words, don't look down on others because they don't have that same passion that you have for that particular area where you are gifted in. Alright? Now again, all of us should help everybody. <laughs> we should help those who are less fortunate. But what I'm saying is, is that when that person don't have that same level of passion, we got to be careful that we don't Begin to, to look at that person as being less than because they don't have that same gift in that we have. Take, for instance, the, the the ministry gift of giving. We know that all of us are, are supposed to give, right? Is that correct? All of us have been, uh, all of us know what the scripture says give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over with, with, with men given to your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet out, it'll be measured back unto you, right? All right, so all of us are supposed to give, but the people who have the ministry gift of giving, they go beyond just tithes and regular offerings. They, they, they are giving all the time. So, much, so sometimes uh, relatives will say, well, you know, what's wrong? Why, why are you giving so much money to the church? Why are you giving so much money to that area over there? Uh, they have the ministry gift of giving. They get a passion to give. It, it exhilarates. When you, when you operate in your gifting, it means you, you do it with a spirit of a passion. All right? So all of us should give, but people who have the mission of giving go way beyond what we consider to be just normal uh, or appropriate levels of giving because it's on the inside of them, okay? But that person who does that can't, uh, got to be careful that they don't begin to look down on somebody else because they don't give at that same level. Now, we all know there's, when you look at scripture, uh, we, we teach here that tithes is, is, is the minimum of our giving. Of our, really, tithe is our returning to the Lord, what belongs to him. And, and Malachi says, you robbed me in tithes and offers. So 10% is the minimum of what we want to be given, right? Or returning on the Lord, and then we give an offer on top of that. But, but the people who have the ministry of get the giving go well beyond that, all right? But they can't afford to gift project. In other words, make somebody else think that they're less spiritual because they don't give at the same level that they give it, okay? All right, so when we have a particular spiritual gift, it's easy for us to expect others to serve as effectively in that area as we do. When we project our gifts on the others, we do a great disservice to God and to that person. We are not accepting of their spiritual gifts and expect them to serve as we do, okay? There are different gifts given to people by design and grace. Go to Romans, the 12th chapter, man, right quick. And we'll start at verse number 1 and go down to verse number 6. Romans 12, verse number 1, going down to verse number 6. Talking about spiritual gift discovery. Now, how many of y'all got a book, network book? I know some of y'all ha- have been through the class. Uh, how many of y'all got one the other Wednesday when uh, we were here, okay? Uh, there's What we're going to look at at the end, and I'll do it at the end, there's, in the back of that book is an observation assessment. There's three of them. And those observation assessments, what you want to do is pull out the back of your book. And those who don't have a book, I, have, I just made some copies. Those who already went through the process, uh, you don't necessarily have to do it again. Uh, but I, I would like for you to do one. Because sometimes I think maybe we may have missed uh, an, an area that, that maybe we maybe have a calling in or a gift again. And I just want you to just, just kind of give it to somebody and see how what they think about you, okay? So we're going to look at that because uh, give it to somebody who, preferably a Christian, uh, but somebody who knows you, maybe somebody who works with you, somebody in your family, somebody in the church who knows you well enough to be able to, to answer those questions, okay? Y'all with me? So we want to do that because that's going to help you to put a framework around your gifting, a framework. It's like, how many of y'all remember doing puzzles in the old days? Cross, not crossword puzzles, but I mean the... You know, the puzzle, you get out the box and you see the picture on the wall or, or on the on the box. And then you 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 try to put it together. What do you first do when you any puzzle person? What's the first thing you do? You find the straight edges, don't you? You go. You go find the straight edges because that's going to give you a framework to work within. Right. It's been a long time since I put a puzzle together. But I remember that you find the straight edges, the corners, and then you build that thing framework and then you fill in in the middle. OK, so what, what, what we're doing through this teaching is trying to give you a framework to fill in where your gifting is. OK, so if it's outside the framework, you know, that's not really you. All right. So uh, look, look at Romans 12, chapter verse number one. Watch this. Look at what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them, our bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Y'all know we've read the scripture countless numbers of times, right? We know that the way to truly worship God is to do what? Is to give our bodies or KJV says, offer him as a living sacrifice. In other words, a sacrifice usually is, 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 you know, under the old covenant system, the high priest would go in and offer sacrifice. They brought animals. Those animals had to be slain in order to be sacrificed on the altar, right? So if we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, that means that we have to die to self, okay? And I'm going to tell you something dying to self sometimes can be a little difficult, right? Because we kind of like ourselves. I mean, a little bit, don't we? Don't, I mean, dying to self means that there are some things that sometimes God is going to require for me to do, but I myself want to do something else. And if I die to self, that means that even when I want to do something else, I tell the flesh, no, we're not going to do this because God says, I need to, you to do this right over here, right? So dying to sacrifice means I'm going to die to self. There, there are times when God, when you have a responsibility to be a certain place, but there are some times you just don't feel like being in this place where you want to be. I can, I can promise you, uh, Sean, you, you can amen this, but there are some Sunday mornings that you don't feel like being up here at 7 o'clock for choir rehearsal, do you? Am I right about it? And But y'all practicing other than third Sundays every Sunday morning at what? 7 a.m. Carry y'all? supposed to be up at 6.30, right? There are some mornings that your body don't want to be here, but for the most part, y'all are here, right? Sometimes dragging a little late. So you you have to sacrifice, you have to kill the flesh because the flesh says, stay in the bed. How do you know the flesh saying that? Because when the alarm clock goes off, you do that. Flesh is saying, I don't want to give up, get up. Flesh is saying, I want to hang on to this pillar because it feels good. But in order to die to self, you got to, Stop hitting the alarm, the snooze button, and tell that flesh to get up. And the more you do that, the more you discipline that flesh, the more the flesh begins to get in line with what God wants and what your responsibility is, correct? All right. So that's what it means to die to self. That means that that I'm not going to allow my flesh. Uh, to overrule what I know the Spirit of God is telling me to do. Watch this. I plead with you to give your body to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse two, come on. Don't copy the behavior and custom of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Verse three, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. All right? Can we read that together? Let's read it. Don't think, let's make it personal. I don't, I shouldn't think that I'm better than I really am. All right? Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Verse four, let's read. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a function. Watch this. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function. Correct? I don't see anybody here putting food in your ear. Do anybody eat that way? No, you don't put food in your ear because your ear wasn't designed to to digest food, but your mouth is, and go down to your softens and all that kind of stuff, Okay? But just our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function. Watch this, verse five. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. But I thought you just told me, but Pastor, you know, I, uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. You know, with you know, you know, building friendships and having connectivity, we're talking about building faith and connecting families and we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm my brother's keeper, but, but Pastor, you, you, you still understand, you know, I, 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 I like to say to myself. Because I just went, don't, don't don't get next to me. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just not that kind of person. Oh, you say, that's what I want to know. All right, so if I'm saved, and if God is telling me this is what he wants me to do because he's put something in me that he needs to get out of me so that those who are around me can be blessed by me. And if, I, if, if I'm not willing to, to allow God to bring what's in me out and connect with people so that what he put in me can begin to bless other people, if I'm not willing to do that, then I'm, I'm being disobedient to, you know, to the God who I say I love and who I say saved me. Look at what it says. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Talk about the body of Christ now. I'm not talking about a denomination because God ain't into the denominations. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Are you following me? We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Look at, look at what the text says here. In his grace God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Are you with me? Let's go to verse 7 just for good measure. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, do what? Come on, if you're going to teach, teach well. Don't get up and stumble through the lesson because you just looked over on the way to church. <laughs> teach well. Look at the next verse. Come on, sweet. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. The gift of exhortation is, is needed in the body just as well as all the other gifts. You never know how much an encouraging word can launch someone along their journey of faith. Don't ever discount a gifting, okay? If it is giving, give what? Generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility what? Seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it how? Gladly is an adverb which tells you how to do it. Do it how? Gladly. Show kindness to others gladly. Look at verse 9. Let's read it. It says, What? Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Now, church folks, listen to me. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is right. So, no so more. Look at this right. Look, watch this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. What what he's dealing with here is, is, you know, agape love, the God kind of love. Guys, one of the things that we we, we as a body of believers must do in every aspect of our life is love people. I mean, and and there are some people who can act unlovable. Would you agree with me? I said they can act unlovable. But you as a born again believer can't afford not to love. Because God saved you. Delivered you, right? He, he tells us right here, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Verse 10, come on, let's read. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other, right? Verse 11, come on, let's go, watch this. Never be lazy, But work hard and serve the Lord how? Now, come on, can we be honest? I I need y'all to be honest with me today because this confession is good for the soul. That's what I've been told. I know it's right. I know I'm right about it. He says, serve the Lord enthusiastically. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever served the Lord unenthusiastically? I mean, you, you did out of obedience and it was good that you did out of obedience, but you really just weren't enthusiastic about it. I mean, and it showed in in, in, in the way you approached it. You know, you like I'm here, but you know, I really did not want to be here. <laughs> I'm gonna go on and do it because Pastor asked me. Because I, you know, I know I'm gonna be obedient to the Scripture, but you know, child, I really, you know, I, 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 I my show on tonight, <laughs> and I really want to be at home watching my show. That's not enthusiastically. This text says you'll never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically, okay? See, the way you serve the Lord enthusiastically, the way you get enthusiastic about the Lord is remember what all the Lord has done for you. See, when I look back over my life and think things over and I see how how good God has been to me, when I see what the Lord has delivered me from, how he got my tail out of crack many times, then I started serving him enthusiastically because he did it for me. Got to do my, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do it enthusiastically. Sometimes we get tired, so we need rest. We need vacation. We need times of, 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 of uh, you know, where we, we do like Jesus did, rest. All right? So if you need some rest, get some rest, but don't dare come and try to serve the Lord and you just, oh, just kind of hold home. you know, just kind of halfway doing stuff. Get yourself some rest so you can serve him enthusiastically. If you're gonna work with the babies, work with them enthusiastically. If you're gonna work in parking lot ministry, do it enthusiastically. <laughs> Moonwalk. <laughs> Pull them all up in that rubber, sir. Do it in, put your headphones on and dance, whatever. Do it enthusiastically. That's what it says. Never be lazy, but work hard. And serve the Lord how enthusiastically. Watch this. Look at the next verse. Come on, I got I to move. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And do what? Keep on praying. This, this should be a good. Man, thirteen. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them always. Be eager to practice hospitality. Be eager to practice hospitality. Now, now see, some of y'all got to work on this hospitality thing because, I mean, you you, you have to work on it. Some some have to work on it more than others, but, you know, being hospitable is critically important because it shows God's love being exuded out through us, all right? Now, some of, y'all, some of y'all have to work on that because sometimes to be hospitable means that you're going to deal with people who don't necessarily do things the way you do it, who, don't, who, who won't necessarily act the way you would act, who will come to your house the first time they come in there, and they pull their shoes off and put them up on your couch. <coughs> and you're sitting there like, I know they just didn't. You want to say something, but then you're, trying to, you're, trying, you're, you're, you're trying to hold in because your pastor just told you always be eager to practice hospitality. So some, some of y'all, you got to pray through this thing. Everybody say, I'm, I'm going to pray through it, pastor. But it says be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Is that what your Bible says? Next verse just for good measure. Watch this. Bless those who persecute you. Now, listen, you really got to be in the spirit to do this. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. All right. Now, see, see, already you know you can't do this in your own strength, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know you need the Holy Ghost filling you in order to be able to be obedient to this. But again, guys, we can't throw this away. It's in the Bible. God is writing to us. And it tells us right here, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. You can't do it in your own strength. Okay? All right. So, so let's get back. Get, get back to the outline. So anyhow, when we look at this, you know, verse 6 is what I wanted to get to. In there, and it talked about the fact that, you know, just like uh, uh, it says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out, with as much faith as God has given And he goes on down and lists some of those different gifts. So, you know, one body, but many different gifts. All right. So, but again, we got to be cautious about gift projection where we look down on others who don't have the same gift that we do. Okay. Or we, you know, maybe we're passionate and, and, and full-throated about a certain gifting, but and then we start to judge others because they don't do it at the same level of intensity as we do. Okay. That's, that's wrong. We've got to be careful. The, next, the, the second thing we got to be cautious about is gift elevation. What is gift elevation? Gift elevation says, "I have a more important spiritual gift than you. Mine is more important." Well, here's one thing I've learned, guys: when it comes to ministry, a lot of times we pay we we tend to place more value on the gifts that are seen that are up front. People, you're know, up doing something in speaking, talking, performing, or you know. You know, creative arts and singing that type of thing. But what I've learned in ministry, if for things to go well, um, you got to have those gifts working behind the scenes, doing the stuff that nobody sees. In other words, I always give this analogy. A lot of times, uh, you know, a, a husband or a guy will say, "Let's well, let's just have a barbecue. Let's invite some folk over." He ain't thought about nothing. <laughs> I mean, he he, he don't know if, if 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 the floor needs to be vacuum. He doesn't know if there's enough meat to feed two people. He just said, let's just get together. And usually, uh, that spouse is is it begins to think ninety to nothing. And and a lot of times, uh, you know, I, I've discovered a lot of times women will have that ministry gift of administration. Uh, and they, they they start they start thinking about all of the details men men have this gift too but 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 i've seen it you know a, a lot more especially in the home but in the church you know if you don't have a, a somebody who who can flow in that area to know how to take it from zero to 100 you'll throw something together throw the barbecue together throw the event together put Vbs together but it's, it's done uh, in a ratchet fashion are you following me and I've, I've been to ministries where it's clear that somebody didn't have the ministry gift of administration. As a matter of fact, just look at this right quick. Right? Just jot this down. Uh, and we're going to go through all of these gifts. I'm, I'm, next, uh, next Wednesday, I'll have a printout of all these gifts. You, if you, you have your book, you'll have those in there. Uh, but the ministry gift of administration. I'm going to give you the literal meaning. I'm going to give you a description of it. And then we'll, we'll look at the distinctness of that gifting. And then look at the traits and then the cautions that you got to be aware of in, 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 with those gifts. So, administration, the gift of administration, it literally means to pilot or steer a ship. To pilot or steer a ship. That's what it literally means, okay? Administration. Uh, the gift of administration is the divine, everybody say divine. The divine enablement to understand what makes an organization function and the special ability to plan and execute procedures that accomplish the goals of the ministry. Now, again, I'll give you these definitions next week, so you don't have to write it down tonight unless you just want to, okay? Because I'm, I'm going to be talking a little fast because i got to finish. All right? So I'll give it to, I'm going to give them to you next week, okay? All right, so, so it's, it's, it's the divine enablement. To understand what makes an organization function, and the special ability to plan and execute procedures that accomplish the goals of the ministry. What are the distinctions of a person who has this uh, They're good at developing strategies or plans to reach an identified goal. They develop strategies and plans, okay? They assist ministries to become more effective and efficient. They also create order out of organizational chaos. The person who has the ministry gift of administration thinks about stuff that I don't think about. I mean, because I, 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 I don't have the ministry gift of administration. I don't. All right? But there are others in here who do. They think about little, little stuff, that, stuff that I'm like, why were you even thinking about that? Why were you thinking about who was going to buy the holes that, that caused the water to go in five different directions versus one? I didn't even th- think about that. I mean, I even forgot that we needed a hose. But that person who has the get to the administration will think about the minor details, the stuff that people don't think about. Stuff about, okay, where are we going to place that microphone so that when people come up on the stage, they can grab a microphone over here and not be running around looking, where is the mic? You follow me? Uh, that person thinks in those terms, uh, they, they they create order out of organizational chaos, and they manage or coordinate a variety of responsibilities to accomplish a task. They're good at managing more than one thing at one time. Okay? And then uh, the the last distinctive is they organize people, tasks, or events. They're good at getting the truth lined up, getting people in place. We need those kind of folks in the body. Because... Uh, I I can see it clearly in ministries that don't have somebody in that ministry that that does that well, they're they're sporadic, they're they're they're, kind of, I mean, not not that you don't have good people in there, but it's just, you can tell that it's not moving or or functioning like a well-oiled machine. It's kind of dysfunctional. It's hit and miss. It's we do it one time, but we miss it seven times. Because they don't have somebody in there who has the ministry gift of administration to bring Organizational structure out of a chaotic situation. People who have these traits are, are very thorough. Can y'all think of some people who are very thorough? And, and here, here's, 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 here's the kick. You gotta watch this. People who who tend to be artistic and are not administrative, they, they get driven crazy by folks who are administrative. Because folks who are administrative are gonna ask you questions that you ain't even thought about. And then if, if you're not really prayed up, you start getting defensive because they asked you something that you really should know, have known, but you ain't even thought about it. We need these folks in the body, right? All right. So so they are they are thorough, they are objective, they tend to be responsible, organized, goal-oriented, efficient, and they're conscientious. But here's some things they, they got to be cautious of. Uh, they need to be open to adjusting their plans so they don't stifle a leader's vision, okay? You got, you got to be open to adjusting, you know, to, to fall, fall in line with the vision, okay? And, and, and other caution they could use people simply to accomplish goals without being concerned for their growth in the process. You got to be careful, okay? And and, and lastly, they could fail to see God's purposes being fulfilled in the process of meeting the goal, some people are a goal oriented. They're going to meet that goal. They'll get that task accomplished, but you got to make sure while you're doing it, you don't kill everybody along the way. Are <laughs> you following me? And so, people who have this gifting, I mean, we need the gift of administration in the body of Christ. Right? We need administrative people helping us do ministry and do it well. Because when it's not when it's not present, man, it's very, it's very evident. Okay. Um, so, so that's, that's one, uh, what, what I'm gonna do next week. My time is up now, but what we're going to do, is we're going to walk through, uh, we're going to identify 23 spiritual gifts. Okay. And we'll give you the definition of those.